This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. The following podcast is scheduled for one show. Introducing your host, Dax Xavier Josiah. As you are now listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news, special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah we got a great fun show this memorial day weekend and before i even say anything uh much respect and honor to all of our vets during this weekend as we celebrate the bravery that they have done throughout the years here in the united states and um helped us and protected us all so a salute to all of the families of people and to those soldiers and military out there who really truly protected us and protects everybody not just a certain faction of people everybody because they believe in this country and they believe in the sanctity and safety and equality of us all so to all of those happy memorial day to you all so with that said we also are celebrating another fun day today this is sunday this is may 29th this for wrestling fans is double or nothing so this pay-per-view is coming on tonight so i know a lot of wrestling fans are going to be happy may not be happy if you're looking forward to the mjf versus warlow match because there seems to be some situations going on with that involving mjf so i'll leave that to the wrestling podcast and the sunday night's main event people and wrestling observers and all that but Let's just hope it all works out for the best and see what happens from there. Um, but nonetheless, I had the task of in a, uh, reviewing possibly one of two movies that would have been Top Gun Maverick, which would have been, you know, 
relevant to the weekend or another actually technically this is relevant too because you know memorial day is two things it's celebrating the uh heroes of our country it is also barbecue so this kind of plays into it because you can't have memorial day without barbecues apparently bob's burger the movie also came out this weekend too so here we have one of the most iconic movies of all time uh getting a follow-up and then we have one of the most successful adult animated comedies um that is now getting a movie so and that i watch consistently so with me not exactly being a top gun fan like that like i watched the original movie but i never really got into the fandom that everybody else did it was a no-brainer for me i went with bob's burger so this week we will be reviewing bob's burger i heard top gun maverick was dope i heard it was great um there are people who really stick by that movie I, like i said i've watched it a lot of times when i was a kid like but i was never that much of a fan of it all i get it that people dig it like they dig footloose and all that stuff but just i i never got into the whole flying thing i mean it was a great movie but nothing i was like going to be clamoring about at the end of the day um i get the references i know the references and everything when it's always said in comedies or like family guy or whatever like that but you know it is just for me it's just like it wasn't that much of a big deal with me so the follow-up wasn't that much anticipated for me but i heard it was great i heard it was dope and it looks like they may be getting a third one so i from what i hear so looks like they may be leading up to doing that so we'll see um but bob's burger i was really interested in seeing how they were going to make it into movie form because they they've been out for a decade now i believe and they they're getting they got a movie so i felt that that was very interesting um i also felt that they got one before family guy got one and family guy's been out for at least um double that time and i felt like family guy actually deserves to get a movie at this point i don't know if it's a rather they deserve to get this get a movie at this point or they just didn't feel the need to have one um you know they just announced too that uh seth mcfarlane uh his other show the orville is coming back it's going to be on hulu now new horizon i'm looking forward to that like i'm not a star trek fan either i respect the i the iconic uh the iconic nature of star trek but i'm not a trekkie orville is right in my realm it's like it's the mix of seth mcfarlane's my uh, you know genius and then also the, pay, the uh, homage paying of you know star trek as well so it has all that and plus a really great cast in there love it i can't wait it's coming out june 2nd for that so i'm waiting for it but i gotta check i, I went to go see boss burger so we'll talk about that in our talk topic of the week um and see how i felt about that see what they did and how much uh, whether i enjoyed it or not so um but we also got other news going on right now so let's not waste any time because there was a lot of announcements made this week especially involving um star wars fans so let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg All right, so before we get started, we're going to there's going to be a lot of Star Wars talk 
in this segment because there was a lot of announcements made. This was like the week of Star Wars. Um, Star Wars fans should be utterly happy because first, what I'll talk about is the premiere episodes of Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, you know, I look, I am a Star Wars fan. I grew up on it. I was born in the year of the Jedi. I was born in 77 when Star Wars came out and everything, and it was a big deal. Uh, so yeah, I was born a Jedi or some people can say I'm born a Sith in this case, but I'm not like the biggest Star Wars fan in the world, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger Star Wars fan than I am a Top Gun fan much more. I can say you that. I think mostly it's because I was always a fan of the first three, like everybody else was, but I think when, well, when we say the first three, it's like four, five, and six, because now the one, two, and three is out you know the phantom menace and in uh return of the sith and all the stuff and in clone wars um but when they came out with those original the, the initial prequels they they were inconsistent they didn't live up and that began a disconnect for me as a star wars fan like i can't not notice that they kind of screwed things up with the first three and there, there are hardcore Star Wars fans out there that will accept and embrace it regardless. But for me, it was just like, ah, uh, you know, I, they're, they're still canon. So there were some issues with, you know, some of those other movies. But it's, I think that out of the first three episodes, Return of the Sith was my favorite. I, I really did enjoy that one. I felt like they could have just started with that one got rid of clone wars got rid of um the return of uh, you know uh, what is it the uh for uh the phantom menace and just did return of the sith because it did everything that they need they were trying to accomplish with that one um and it was awesome i thought it was awesome it was a great you know intro and origin to darth vader you know with that with anakin and what i love about this new series um, in the first two episodes, I immediately saw what was happening and what they were trying to, or what they're looking to accomplish. And that is redeem themselves of what was done in the first initial, I, I want to say two, I want to say Phantom Menace and Clone Wars. I don't, I really think, I really think that, um, Return of the Sith was a mission accomplished type of situation. It, the, it executed exactly what the, what all three of the films was supposed to do but didn't the third one actually did um but honestly i really liked the first two episodes i like where they were going with this um i gotta go into imdb real quick because they there was one standout uh person out of the whole entire thing that i felt really did a great job here and let me see star wars obi where you at there you go there's one actress that blew my mind, and that was Moses Ingram as as uh, Inquisitor Reva. Can I see? This woman was the most gangster I've ever seen in all of the Star Wars universe. She was a powerhouse in this. Like she was not to be messed with. She was a force to be reckoned with. I'm I'm like seriously. This was just incredible. Like Ewan McGregor was there and it, he was dope because, you know, he was all he's always been dope. Um, but man, I tell you this, I really enjoyed it. And much to my surprise, 
of all people that is in this movie is one of my favorite actors who plays in the uh, Fast and Furious series, Sung Kang, who plays Han. He is in this series, all six episodes. I am so hyped for this dude. He plays the fifth brother. And uh, executor, executor Riva is the first sister, I believe, uh, they as they call her. And my goodness, she, or third sister, I should say, um, which is like this, I guess this like guild of Siths uh, under, you know, Darth Vader and the Emperor. And they are in search of Obi-Wan. So this whole thing takes place immediately after the return of the Sith. So this is immediately like within just seconds, just cleaning up everything that's been going on in here. Um, I'm looking at this IMDB list. There's some killer cast of people here. And can I add on also that I was so hyped when I saw one of my all time favorite musicians in there flee from the red hot chili peppers is in this series. He was in the first two episodes as Vec Necro and crew. This was like the most dope casting I've seen since they got Thundercat on, um, on the, um, what is that? The Bubba Fett, uh, series. And he's looking to come back too. I can't wait. This like star, like star Wars, the star Wars series is building back up. And that's what I think. Um, they desperately need it. They absolutely needed to build back up for this. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this. I like the fact that Obi-Wan is just, you know, after everything that has happened in Return of the Sith and everything, he's still, they're showing like, he's kind of going through some trauma, some uh, traumatizing situations, maybe some PTSD. I would too, if you had to do, go through what he went through in Return of the Sith, you know what I'm saying? Like your, your Padawan, is burning alive because he going to the dark side and all types of crap is coming on and then to find out that he's still alive and then only to find out that uh reva is going after him like with a vengeance like she is just cutthroat i i, I mean like she she kind of reminds me of like she she she's like channeling wesley snipes in a sense it, it was like it was like wesley snipes is nino brown versus you know mixed with tupac <laughs> she is a loose cannon within this and i think she's going to be a force to be reckoned with because she has an ungodly passion to find uh obi-wan and she is going to great bounds to even um find him even going against her brothers in this case so i've really enjoyed this we also get um the eternals uh kamal najiani uh, and here as well, he's playing in all five episodes that he's going to be in here too. So he's going to be a big deal. Uh, the casting is so stellar. Uh, and believe it or not, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is officially in the Star Wars universe. It, like, dude, if I'm Ice Cube, I would be insanely proud of his legacy. Like, if, for those who don't know, O'Shea Jackson Jr., he's played in a lot of movies, but he's most known for being on um, for two things. He's straight out of Compton as he plays Ice Cube, which in fact is his father. So the son is playing, he played his father's role and I thought it was dope because they look just like, they act just like. Um, but then he went on to play on other roles as well in other movies and he's getting really good. <laughs> like he's really a really talented guy in Hollywood right now and he's getting more um, more show and now he's making that that Star Wars bucks and then he's in a Disney lineup. So that's that's kind of a big deal for him, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in here and how 
he's gonna uh produce here but like if i'm ice cube man i'm like mission accomplished because i think the whole point of ice cube doing what he was doing when he was rapping was to create this type of legacy for himself was to create this type of opportunity for the community to see that we can do more than you know just be rappers and all the stuff and, and you know in ice cube o'shea jackson senior you know has gone on to just do more than just you know become like the legendary hip-hop artist that he is he's he he owns his own studio and produces and directs and he's going out of his way to do other stuff and now he's got his kid doing his other stuff doing his other stuff too you know he's a he's a great figure in in hip-hop right you know and part of the mount rushmore arguably of hip-hop you know his his music made this happen <laughs> in a lot of ways so this is just fantastic i am looking forward to this the first two episodes were awesome if you haven't gone out of your way to see it yet go out of your way to check it out whether you're a star wars fan or not because they're like disney is making so many great moves and i think disney plus was the best thing to happen for star wars i mean it was great for marvel but marvel was always already on the go like their their momentum is people are gonna hate me to say this but you can't deny this star wars fell off over the years and when marvel came in marvel did what star wars could not do it was consistent it was strong it lasted 11 years and within those 11 years you got one of the greatest sagas ever made like marvel blew away the idea of the trilogy the trilogy at one point for fans and hollywood and moviegoers and everything was kind of the thing if you can't do a a perfect trilogy like you know star wars empire strikes back return of the jedi if you can't you know get down three great movies then you can't it's it's not never going to be remembered like marvel did 11 years of movies consistently and all connecting together and then all culminating to one big event and the big event paid off marvel outdid star wars that's plain and simple there's undeniable it is undeniable in terms of like really creating the greatest saga of ever star wars doesn't get that star wars does not get that at all because of the fact that they were inconsistent especially when they went they got to the phantom menace and the uh clone wars and you know arguably you know return of the sith many were thought that was the better of the three um but nonetheless it you know the inconsistencies and everything and what really helped kind of started bringing them back was the clone wars animated series that really helped it out um some other things along with that but then you know disney plus came and it gave them the platform to kind of rebuild and restructure the foundation around what was the you know the initial six seven um and eight i mean no uh four five and six uh episodes of the uh of the saga so now they're able to play around everything around it from there and it, it, it's building to be better um so we got a lot going on with this so obi-wan is out it's coming out every friday i believe a new episode is coming out every friday um and, and this, is, this is interesting because this is a first normally a disney plus show doesn't release and drop until like three o'clock in the morning easter standard time which is 12 o'clock uh midnight in the west coast they dropped it midnight 
they dropped it on midnight eastern standard time and that was big i i hope they do more i hope they do this for marvel stuff too because hey i i want sometimes i do want to watch it at night and rock with it at night and not have to wake up in the morning to watch it which i don't mind at the end of the day but it, it just it's it's awesome that they do it but either way it, it premieres when we it, we get to see it on that day anyway uh but i i really enjoy this so you know it's on disney plus right now the first two episodes go out of your way check it out i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do because this is i think obi-wan is m more important than all of the shows that they've done so far because it obi-wan is he's one of the core characters and this is the glue that's gonna really i think hold you know bring everything together because now darth vader is directly in this um and obi-wan's in this and we're gonna see luke and leia um in their youth of coming of age which by the way the young actress who played leia in here she was awesome i like that they um her name was uh vivian uh lyra blair and i like the idea that she is way beyond her years like leia in here she's like you know really uh, really kind of like outspoken and assertive in a way and she's very intelligent she, like she is well aware of herself she's self-aware and um she knows exactly what's going on and like this is gonna be interesting to see how this goes i like this direction right now um kudos to them kudos to them absolutely and i don't know if uh i think john fabro and uh dave and dave filoni is just overseeing all this stuff because it I, I give them credit because since the Mandalorian, everything has been great. <laughs> everything involving Star Wars has been absolutely awesome. I I am so at all everything that they've done with this series. Um, so yeah, it, I can't wait to. I'm going to be on this. I am going to be on this. They, they're they're actually they've helped revitalize my fandom for Star Wars. It is strengthened since the Mandalorian and all this stuff from there. So I've been watching this really well. It's great. I'm a, I'm a Marvel fan, true and true, but Star Wars is really doing a great job redeeming themselves right now. So I'm looking forward to seeing that that series go on and all these new series that they announce as well. First, we're going to start with the new announcement from Electronic Arts EA Games, who announced the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It will be called Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Actor Cameron uh, Monaghan is going to be returning uh, to play the role of uh, Kyle Sestis. Um, and it's coming 2023. There, there was a trailer that was out. Didn't really give too much of an idea. There's this new being that's coming and um, this new powerful force coming their way and all this stuff. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I did like the Fallen Order game. I think my biggest issue with the game now and why I don't like it as much as I did with the Force Unleashed um, is that the navigation and map was horrible in this game. It was hard to find out where you needed to go because they wanted to do this really fancy hollow, you know, hologram like map. But you, you really, it really it didn't navigate you through properly and you end up going in circles everywhere you go so it was hard to really know where the hell you were going or need to go or whatever like that like you take that aspect away the game is actually pretty fun the action you know and everything is really good i just 
it, it stops my it stops me on point when I have to you know when I wind up getting lost for a while and I just can't get to the place I want to get but other than that it's really it's really well done the acting is tremendous um I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next with this I'm 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 looking forward to it uh, I'm definitely going to be jumping on it and I just hope that they, they can only do better at this point so uh we'll see what happens from there uh but other news and new shows announced for Disney Plus based around the Star Wars universe were announced on Disney Plus, including Andor, which when I found out that this is based around, this is pretty much the prequel to Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> Rogue One was another movie that I was not really excited about. And uh, I, yeah, Rogue One bored me in a case like I was in the theaters when I watched that and I was just I was completely bored with that movie um I, I just can't get into it but they're basing it around that so there you go if you did like Rogue One here you go so and then another show uh that is going to be starring Jude Law called Skeleton Crew and there's not that too much information in regards to that other than he's going to be uh, starring in it so we'll see but like I said John Favreau Dave uh, Filoni who most people are fame uh, he's famously known for doing the Clone Wars and being the strong focal point of um, of the Clone Wars series the animated series which uh, absolutely connects to everything that's going on in, in the Disney universe um, that is absolutely canon too and that's I think that's the one thing I did like about what they're doing with Star Wars is that everything virtually everything that has come out uh about star wars is connected now i would say virtually because they were saying there were people saying that the force unleashed was not you know connected or a canon to the initial star wars universe that they decided not to do that although even though recently the nintendo switch just got the original uh got the uh it just relaunched the Force Unleashed game, which started one of my favorite characters in the Star Wars universe, uh, Starkiller. So, and if you don't know, Starkiller in this game was a uh, apprentice, uh, a secret apprentice of Darth Vader, uh, who just happened to, you know, he has the Force and he was trying to, you know, lure him and, and groom him to be on a dark side, possibly to overthrow the Emperor at some point so they wind up you know taking him off the, the the universe canon and i'm like why he was awesome i don't know if this means that they're gonna finally connect him i hope they do because i think he is absolutely awesome this dude is like all power <laughs> he's the stuff that he could do that he did in his game like cal uh, uh, kestis is no way near as good as this dude and nowhere near as powerful as this guy and in fact look i love dude and i think that's what they were trying to do with kyle kestis um or, or yeah um pretty much is that like they they want him to have that star killer he's more like yeah i feel like he has somewhat of the power of star killer but he has the the personality of luke skywalker and, and i think that's what they're trying to go with but star killer was just he was just a total different feel to the series um much like how Reva is. Reva gives me that vibe too. So I hope in some cases, maybe we'll probably see him in one of the 
episode and if it if he does it have to be an obi-wan at some point um because i think it ti- if timeline serves me correct this is darth vader's becoming darth vader he's already vader's already here in obi-wan um and he's now coming after luke so i would say if they do a second season of obi-wan possibly they could probably you know make mention of star killer or something of that nature because i mean dude that character is so awesome i i really want them to connect him to the universe i think it's a it's sad if they don't so we will see from there so all right that is enough star wars news for right now and uh i just want to point this out sonic 2 is out on digital uh, paramount plus and epics right now if you have not gotten the chance to see sonic the hedgehog 2 why (laughs) this movie is awesome i got it got a chance to have my wife see it yesterday she thoroughly enjoyed it it was it was a lot of fun seeing it the second time around after uh watching it in theaters this is and 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 after watching it the second time i still stand by it and i think a lot of people uh, i can speak for a lot of uh fans out there and gamers out there by saying this is the greatest uh video game adapted live action movie ever made this is the pinnacle right now like i'm sure it so it may be the title may be taken probably because of the third movie that's coming out but right now in terms of accuracy within a video game lore and a source and a, and, and a fanfare and everything this was they captured everything that we loved about the blue bomber um oh wait that's mega man that's uh that's actually mega uh mega man's uh moniker that blue blur let's just put it like that so i i really enjoyed it um i thoroughly enjoyed it i loved everything about it i noticed some other things that i didn't notice the first time on air and um ah man it is it's just go out of your way check it out it's worth getting it on dvd both the first one and the second one to be honest it's worth getting on dvd um or, or digital or whatever like that i would recommend apple plus um apple tv if you are you know getting it from apple if you have an apple account because you get all the behind the scenes stuff that they have on there so man it's just so great they covered everything man i i I so loved it so and that is out right now go out and check it out but talk about blue heroes can we talk about blue beetle we got a chance to see the first look of the blue beetle suit and the person behind blue beetle uh and it's a familiar face believe it or not cobra kai fans will be happy to know that zolo um Maradona, I believe is that's how you pronounce his last name, and who stars in Cobra Kai, it will be playing Jamie Ray's. And um, we got a first look of him in the suit. The suit looks awesome. Uh, it looks tremendous. This thing is it's in filming right now. They're in production right now. I think that's a great casting for Blue Beetle. This guy deserves it. I love him on Cobra Kai as Miguel Diaz. He's been on point ever since he works his ass off on his show and he's become one of the favorites of the show. He's the main character, one of the main characters anyway. Um, but yeah, he deserves to step up. And I think this is a one of this is one of my most anticipated DC films to come out. That and Black uh Black Lightning. Not Black Lightning, um, Black Adam, I should say. That will be coming out soon. They they need, they absolutely need a win. DC Films is going through so much crap right now. You got um, 
Ezra Miller right now going through his situation. You got Amber Heard going through her situation. It's putting a damper on the production fact because now, all right, Ezra Miller's going through his crap and now they just thinking about like, getting rid of him and, you know, not even putting out the flash, you know, with the whole thing. And now everybody's like, I need to just get Grant Gustafson in the first place because <laughs> they wanted to do their own thing and not connect everything together, you know, in that sense. It's it's just it's bad. Um, so we'll we will see how that's gonna go in there. But I really 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 am enjoying this, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him as a Blue Beetle. It looks awesome. He looks absolutely looks just like it, like the character, <laughs> both in suit and in person. So go out of your way, and uh, it's out there right now. Check it out, and you know, coming 2023. You know what else? That's coming out that I'm actually not looking forward to because one, I'm not a big horror uh, movie fan, but I'm also not a fan of people who mess with my childhood, you know, uh, fairy tales, if you will. A horror version of our beloved tale of Winnie the Pooh is in the works and it will be called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. According to IGN, the story of the Winnie the Pooh, um, the initial story went into public domain this year. Uh, this means that anyone can use the IP for their own means. And I, I'm a graphic designer and a multimedia developer. And these are probably, these are some of the legalities that you have to know, especially when you do business or whatever like that, you, part of understanding branding is understanding the trademark and, and copyright laws. So basically when you have an intellectual property and you have it for like a long time and it grows in value and such like that. Nobody can touch it because you're, it's under your trademark, it's under your copyright, and nobody can touch it. Nobody can manipulate it. They can't. They can do. They can't do anything with it. There are loopholes, of course, but the stronger the copyright or the stronger the trademark. If you trademark something, it's harder to try to go through loopholes because there are more legals, there are more legalities to to the trademark than it is a copyright. But you can still fight both of them in a court of law. But the thing is, is that when you when when the author or artist passed away they it's like these the art the uh the property if you will is still not to be touched for at least for uh, in the course of 50 years once the 50 year mark ends then it's all full reign anybody can do anything they want with that with that property um like i could go and do whatever i want with the property right now if I wanted to, uh, from an artistic standpoint and, and do whatever I want with Winnie the Pooh. Um, so unless I, I don't know, and nobody else can buy it. Nobody else can buy the rights to it unless it was sold to somebody beforehand. Um, so it, it just, it's not under any company It's un, it's totally under the author of the Winnie the Pooh, uh, story, the author himself, uh, which I'm sadly Unfortunately, I can't look it up right now, or I can, but I just won't. But um, yeah, once it's fifty, once fifty years is done after the passing of the author, it's full reign. So these, this, this studio, whatever, has the rights to do it, and now they're going to make a horror version of it. And if you've seen the photo on IGN, I don't know if this is the initial photo, um, regarding. The initial photo for the actual uh movie but it looks horrible it look i mean like not horrible in a bad way it looks horrific uh as it should as it's supposed to it's just like this 
Winnie the Pooh suit and it looks really nightmare. It's like a nightmares version of Winnie the Pooh. Somebody in our ACMG um, group actually said it looks like Fat Joe. Actually kind of does. <laughs> it really does look like Fat Joe. Um, I it's it's hilarious. Like if you watch if you look at Fat Joe's picture, especially recent, and you put bear ears in him, and maybe he wears yellow like uh body paint, that's what this <laughs> that's what this character looks like. So honestly, if that's the case, if they're making a horror nightmarish version of Winnie the Pooh. Fat Joe's voice will be perfect for this. And in fact, not only that, not only that, Fat Joe is an actor. He's played in movies before. He does, actually is pretty good, especially in comedic movies. And he knows how to, he, he he can get gangster real quick. I think he should play the role. I think they should get, cause his voice will carry. He does have kind of a witty to pooish voice, but in like, an, in like a really hardcore sense. I think they should go with it. I think if they're gonna do it, like or put it like this, if they if they cast him as Winnie the Pooh, I'm going to check it out. <laughs> Just to hear him say oh bother. <laughs> so yeah, this is happening and uh this is gonna be crazy. Look, if they're gonna do this, don't skim on a budget. Go all the way with this. Find a way to get more money to make this legit. Don't make this until it look like a B-rated movie because it's, it's, it's going to be all for not. So they really go in all on it. I, that's all I say. If you're going to do it like this is what this is a time honored story. Don't don't cheapen it. Just go all out. Try to find somebody who's going to give you the budget for this and, you know, convince them that this is going to work. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> OK, I'm, I'm if that's. Ooh, I don't want to see Piglet or, uh, Piglet or Tig, uh, Tigger right now because I, I can only imagine what they look like or what they're going to look like. But um, last thing I wanted to talk about before we go to our talk topic of the week is this interesting discussion I had on an ACMG Facebook group about people being confused about the recent phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here's this, so one of our uh, members, see if I can find him. Yeah, Daniel Wallace. Shout out to him. He, he was just going to say it. He, I, I feel like he said he was struggling to follow the direction of phase four. Uh, in his, in his post, he said, I feel like, uh, this talk needs to be had. <laughs> what is going on here? One, we got a forgotten Spider-Man, a wild Wanda, a single Kang appearance in reference, Loki in an unknown point in time, uh, Shang-Chi and the 10 rings emitting a signal to someone is something. Uh, we got a piece of Venom symbiote left behind. Eternals exist among us. Thanos brother re uh, reference. Gods uh, on Earth uh, from Moon Knight. Doctor Strange causes uh, a excursion. Incursion. The multiverse as a whole. Uh, Ebony Blade uh, and Blade himself reference. Sam is Captain America. Fantastic Four and X Men are shown on screen and much more I'm probably missing. Okay. I had to, I had, I had to explain to them like it, cause somebody, somebody else also claimed that nothing is connecting. That is far from the truth. Everything still connects. I've explained this already on there, but I'll explain it on this platform as well. Um, and it, there was a, there was a brother on here, uh, that he was trying to, uh, understand it and i'm like no everything still connects and in fact 
ask me, ask away because I'm sure I can fill the gap. So to his situation, it was like, how are the Spider-Man and Doctor Strange movies connected and what's going on with, um, in the low key series. So here's how it goes for those who are. And I think the reason why people are disconnected is because they, it's been a long time since they probably watched every single movie from, you know, from the beginning of Iron Man to the end of, uh, end game. They haven't watched it in a while. So they probably fell off. Um, somebody else, uh, Daniel's Daniel said his wife was kind of was confused about it too. Well, if you haven't watched the MCU in a while, or are you not tracking the MCU? This is just what they're doing on it. And MCU is exactly what we used to do in comic books. We would follow the history. We would know the understanding of the history. We're doing that same again in movie form. So basically here's the situation. Everything takes place after the events of Infinity um, War and Endgame. And in a sense, it's the beginning of the new phase. It's everything started again in Endgame. Remember that everything takes place five years after the blip. The events that happened with Spider-Man was a standalone situation due to contractual agreements, yet it is still connected to the events. Uh, and they still acknowledge them as a result of Doctor Strange. Meanwhile, Strange trying to help Parker can be connected to WandaVision, What If, and Loki, which all had something to do with the manipulation of time and space. All of this said, all of this is said uh, to lead up to Kang the Conqueror uh, coming in to become the new main antagonist from that point. This also introduces the cosmic phase of Marvel, which includes the Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, the Eternals, the Inhumans, all that, all of which we have seen in the MCU. Um, and all of these are, you know, part of elements that we would see in the comics. And you got to remember there are people and there are people who are, who just, they're big fans of Marvel studios as opposed to fans of Marvel comics. And that's a big deal because if you're a fan of Marvel studios only, which means that you've been watching the movies only, you don't know what they're derived from or where all these uh, mythologies are coming from. These modern day mythologies are coming from the comic book, which is over way over 50 years of, of actual, uh, intellectual properties and, and content and storytelling. So they're bringing all this to the forefront. That's why it seems so confusing because you're not familiar with it. But if you are, if you have been watching or reading the books from, if, and if you grew up like in my time, because before we had these movies, we only had the comics. So we knew about all of the history and lore of the comics because of what they're doing now. And now they're bringing it on to the, to the, uh, movies. And the bad part about it is that I say this all the time, but we live in a short attention society where people are quick to want to uh, have the answer down and not explore the question. And because of that, we got people rushing and wondering what the hell is going on. And this is just one of my problems that I had to say, you know, I had to mention, I'm like, I do believe it, you know, I, it just basically like this generation, this generational mindset, I should say, is so fast paced that people want everything to happen in a second's notice. Like there will be no tomorrow. But if we stop to stop and focus, they, um, you know, all you guys will realize that it's only been a little over two years since Endgame, technically five years in a timeline, and a new saga will pr preserve itself for another so many few years or so of its success. Remember, 
in Infinity, you know, the Infinity Saga was 11 years of storytelling and it was deeply devoted and, 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 you know, developed, you know, that's a little over a decade of storytelling. They will have, they will have to flesh out it all out and you, you're just going to have to wait. It's, uh, you know, it's amazing. Our mindset back then, I think 2007, when Iron Man came out till now are completely different. Absolutely different. Like it's, it's amazing how short, it, how our short attention span now is really happening with this. Cause now everything people forget that we spent 11 years observing the whole entire situation. Just like we spent even more years reading the comics and understanding what was going on in the comics. I think the answer to everybody understanding things is to go back and research and look back at what you're doing. Means study. <laughs> it's like you can't have everything. You can't have all the answers now without seeking the question. And you once you seek the question, you'll get your answers. It's just plain and simple, man. It's like, come on. So, you know, and, and take note that it's like all these new cosmic, the the, the inhumans and the and the internals and all this. This is nothing new because things will get deeper, but they were introduced. They they introduced some of these elements in the Thor movies. They introduced some of these elements in Guardians of the Galaxy, which in the upcoming Thor Love of Thunder movie, those two entities will come together and they will be exploring more cosmic entities and more mythologies as well. So um, we're now getting the Greek mythology in there because Zeus is going to be in there and among other things as well. So, it, you know, it, they will bring it together. It will come together. I just think people just one need to remember two need to study up on things like we used to back in the day <laughs> and they will get the answers. That's just plain and simple. Um, that, that, that pretty much is just said and done, man. It's like, I, I, I do your homework. <laughs> it's not that hard. It all, it, it really does connect. Especially if you go back to, uh, guardians of the galaxy one and two, because they had, you know, that could be connected to the eternals as well. And everything else can like Dr. Strange is immediately connected to Marvel's what if in, um, in WandaVision as well. So Loki is connected to, uh, what if, which is also connected to, it does connect people. It really does. Like you, you won't be able to convince me. Otherwise you can't tell me otherwise I will not be stuck with this because I invested so much into the fandom and lore of in the mythology of the Marvel cinematic universe and tie into my knowledge of the Marvel comic universe. So I know a lot of what this is and how this is connecting. They have not, they have not stepped off. It's more or less a you thing than a them thing. And it's just called, you got to put in the effort to, you know, really invest and remember what you watched so far and what you experienced. So, eh, can't, I'm not buying it. You know, do your homework, see students. <laughs> All right. That will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will talk about Bob's Burger, the movie. Oh, if you're a Bob's Burger fan, you, you really are going to like this movie. So we'll talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. 
This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran. You may know me from such films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and a whole bunch of USQ films. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live! Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and I am here to review the Bob's Burgers movie, uh, which is like an epic tale based on their TV series, their Emmy award-winning TV series. It's amazing. Family Guy's been out for quite some time. Bob's Burger came out shortly after they get awards and nominated all the time. Like if I'm Seth MacFarlane, I'd be pissed because there's no way. And I think it's mostly because the committee probably hates Seth MacFarlane for the stuff that he says about the committee and everything that goes on. So I think it, I think it's like more of a political thing than anything. But Bob's Burger does deserve the accolades that they do because the show is so great. I'm not too fan of the Great North or some of their other projects that they've done that with the Central Park one that has some issues. Um, the Great North is just watchable. I liked, like I like the actors and the cast that are in there, but I, I something there's a something somewhat of a disconnect for me for that show. Um, and maybe it's because it's based on Canada. I don't know, but and I don't understand. I don't I don't I can't relate to, um, you know, Canada customs. But for some reason, Bob's Burger appeals to me. And I, I think mostly because the characters that they have, the the area that is based on kind of reminds me of, you know, places that I recognize here in Philly and the people that, you know, the personalities and the, and the characters that are in here are actually really kind of accurate to some people in the city. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but I enjoy this show so much and I like Bob struggled to keep this damn restaurant alive and up and running for so much. He's like, he's barely making minimum because like he does make good food, but he just, you know, he, he, he tries his best at all the time. And there's always an episode where he's trying to struggle to get rent or anything. But well, this is no different because he once again has to struggle to pay the loan and the lease on this one too. So basically the story, I'm going to read off IGN's explanation, but I'll give a little bit more insight and detail to it. The Belchers try to save the restaurant from closing as a sinkhole forms in front of it, while the kids try to solve a mystery that could save the family's restaurant. So basically, like I said, you know, uh, Tina, Tina and, um, and Bob are basically trying to they, they found they found out that the lease needs to be uh, paid within a course of seven days or they're going to be they're going to be shut down. Uh, he has to try to make this money and then damn it, this huge, and I mean, huge sinkhole appears out of nowhere is like really deep and everything. And of all places, it just happens to be right in front of the restaurant. And meanwhile, Jimmy Pesto's restaurant is never, it, there's never anything wrong with that restaurant. They always get business. They always in there. I'll talk about Jimmy Pesto in a minute because I was something very surprised about his appearance or lack thereof. 
in there. I, I just felt that was really interesting. But so he has that to worry about. And on top of that, I mentioned a mystery that uh, the kids are trying to figure out. Well, that mystery is that there's a dead body <laughs> that they found in the sinkhole about that time that just happens to be in front of them. So that is going to prolong the Belchers from getting the sinkhole uh, filled up even further because now they got to investigate. And then remember, they got seven days to pay this, this pay the lease and pay the rent as well for Mr. Fish Holder. So they got that situation. Meanwhile, the Fish Holders, uh, which is uh, Calvin Fish Holder, which is the landlord, uh, Grover Fish Holder, which is like um, the newest, uh, he's like their, their cousin or something like that. And Felix Fishover that's played by Zach uh, Galifianakis. And by the way, what I love about this movie also, every, not only every character, almost every character reappeared, but the voices of those characters reappeared too. And that's including Jordan Pill, who made his return as Fanny. Because if you watch Bob's Burger before, he, he, he originally did the voice of Fanny in like the first couple episodes or whatever like that when she appeared and she was in these episodes. And then when they brought her back again, I think this was the time when he was doing, um, he was doing the, he was doing, uh, you know, get out and he's becoming now a renowned director and everything. And I think he was going to stop doing comedy or something to that nature. But his voice of Fanny is hilarious. And the person that they got to do Fanny's voice after that didn't live up. Like Jordan Peele is such a, he's a talented comedic force, but he's also a genius in so many levels. But just doing the voice of Fanny alone, it really mattered. And I'm really glad that they were able to get him to come back to just play that role. Even if it was just for a small role, you know, Bob's Burgers fans love him as Fanny in here. And he, he was just hilarious, even just for that short time in there. But um, basically, they got this dead body who was a dead, the dead body of an old carny in here. And uh, basically... Uh, Louise discovers it in a most disgusting way. I won't get to that point right there. It was funny and disgusting at the same time, but um, she discovered it. And that's what led to them, you know, police and everybody going on an investigation in here. Um, and so now they're, they're screwed. So now they have to ask Ms. Mr. Fish order to hold off on paying the bills in order to do this, um, you know, in order to, you know, get the, the lease paid for and such. They're in a bind right now. So this is where the kids come in. Louise, Jean, and um, what is the other kid's name? What is the other kid's name? Jeez, uh, Belcher, Belcher, Belcher. Uh, Jean is, oh, Tina, uh, no, Tina's the wife. Linda, no, Linda's the wife, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tina's the daughter. But uh, Louise, Tina, and um, Jean are now going on a mystery because Louise feels like if she can find and, and, and solve this mystery, people will not see her as a baby. And there's a little B story to this whole thing where Louise gets made fun of because of her bunny ears and the fact that she keeps them on all the time. And they want, you know, her um, classmates and everything wanted her to, you know, play with them on this, you know, pull up bar and do this trick. But she didn't want to do it because she knew that she, her hat was going to fall. And we never seen Louise without her hat because they feel like she's attached to it as long as much as well as her all of her um preschool toys and all the stuff which she is but she didn't want to be looked at as a person who was just a kid all the time and with bunny ears and everything and it, that part of the story uh was her trying to prove that she is she could still be her even with the bunny ears 
and it doesn't mean that she's a baby. So solving this mystery was a big deal to her too. So they had, you know, Tina and uh, Tina and Jean were just tremendous. Tina, Tina's story basically here is just she wants to, um, you know, confess her her feelings to Jimmy Jr. And she's been making attempts to do it all through the movie and this whole entire time. And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that we don't see in the series is her and Jimmy Jr. getting together or her confessing her feelings to Jimmy Jr. So there are going to be a lot of closure in this movie. I, I, you know, consider this like the Transformers, the movie for basically uh, Bob's Burger, where you're going to get this finally see payoffs of things that you never got to see in the actual series in here. So it was really funny um, to see that. But they they the writing was well put together. The storytelling was well put together. And, you know, it was like everything you loved about the TV series and more. You got an hour and 41 minutes of this show or this um movie in here and the key is and a question asked is will they be able to make a longer version of an episode of their show but still make it funny still bring all the things that made it funny and i think they did i thought they did a great job i thought what really stood out was the animation quality the animation stepped up so greatly everything was moved into 3d in a sense but it was still 2d you know cell shaded and it was 2d you know animated hand-drawn look but the the city everything you could tell that was like in 3d but it was drawn to made it look like it was 2d um it was just so beautifully done and the animation was you could tell the animation was so much better because during the musical scenes and uh they were the dance the choreography in there was a like stepped up to five times over they were able to do actual you know motion by motion probably look like motion cap <laughs> you know dance scenes and still make it look like bob's burger you know it was just beautifully done um you can only do this in in, in a motion picture <laughs> i can tell you this so i love that aspect and i also love the fact that you know they do a lot of musical numbers and they could have easily gone wrong by overdoing what they did with this movie but i felt like they didn't i felt like they balanced it up really well it didn't feel overbearing it wasn't song after song after song after song it was song then scene then song and scene it wasn't that many really songs in there and i felt that that was the key thing to balancing out because if you do too many songs it could get overbearing um but not only did they do the like have the songs in there and balanced it out the songs were really fun they were really cool um they were really well written as they always do for this show and i felt they did a great job on a balance of it so uh h john benjamin as bob belcher or archer or <laughs> you needed characters on fa uh, family guy he, he was so great as always as bob this you know this is absolutely just a great great series and a great great uh movie here i really loved it um gary cole i love this guy I'm really sad that, you know, they canceled um, Mixedish because he was on there as well. But everything he's on, he's awesome. He's now on, uh, I, I forgot what cop show he's on. I think it's a, C, uh, a CH, uh, CSI uh, show now. When I saw him on there, I knew that that, that Mixedish got canceled. I automatically knew they had canceled that. But what I most love about him more is his role as um, Space Ghost. He, I mean, no, not Space Ghost. I'm sorry. He's Birdman, attorney, um, you know, for Bur uh, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. So he's the voice of that too. But he's 
and he's the voice of the principal on Family Guy. But he's he is just so funny. And he's just as funny in here because he plays Sergeant uh, Bosco, who makes his return on here. And he's his whole stick is just based like, you know, he's a cop that covers robberies versus the cops that, you know, cover uh, murders and, and homicidal cases and all the stuff. So that was his whole hang up right there. Um, almost every character returned to this show. Uh, it I say almost because it was like I said, it was just weird. Um, it here's the thing two characters i'm gonna I'm mention right now jimmy pesto which is like bob's bob's you know rival he's the guy that owns the pizza shop across the street they make fun of each other all the time. well bob, jimmy pesto makes fun of him all the time but bob has always has a hard time making fun of him my one of my biggest things about this movie is like how in the hell did they not get him to make fun of Bob with this sinkhole. He never made an appearance to do that. I was really kind of blown away because this is the perfect opportunity for Jimmy Pesto to come out and be like, look, my store is still open. How come yours is not? Oh, you got this big hole in there. You know, and he like, or they just always have, this has never felt. I'm, I was so surprised that one, Jimmy Pesto now didn't even get a, a, a speaking role in here. The only time you got to see him was when he, they showed him outside. I mean, he visually made an appearance. But the guy, him and the guy who uh, who always skates and around the street, like with just uh, like speedos on or whatever like that, he um, he basically you know rolled past him and Jimmy Pesto you know sprayed the uh, hose on him. But other than that, that's all you saw Jimmy Pesto. Like I would, to if this is traditionally Bob's Burger, how did they miss out? Maybe maybe it's going to be in a deleted scene. I'm hoping that's the case when it comes out on, um, you know, in digital and in, in Blu-ray or whatever like that, but missing the opportunity, this is the ultimate opportunity for Jimmy Pesto to come out with his, uh, coworker or his subordinate, or whatever like that. Um, and make fun of Bob at that point. Now, like, how did they miss? This is a grand opportunity. How did they miss that? How did they let that slip through? So, um, like we got to hear from Jimmy Pesto, I mean, Jimmy Jr on this way more than we did his father. And to some extent, did we we saw the kids. I don't recall ever hearing the kids. I think we did hear them like once or twice, but it was like a little type of situation, but just not getting Jimmy Pesto to come out and like make fun of Bob and Bob try to, you know, do a, a, com a comedic rebuttal. It, it, I thought that was just lost opportunity. Like I said, maybe hopefully if any like if any negative i get to the film it's that but that's kind of a nitpicky thing because overall the movie was actually a lot of fun to watch um but also uh aziz ansari was said to be in this as well because he plays the um he plays the one of the kid one of um louise's uh friends in here and they believe that they do have him credit um in here as as well paul rudd did make an appearance as jericho the horse as well so i thought that was uh, it was really funny in here because like if you guys remember tina you know fantasizes about like horses and everything and there was the episode where paul rudd plays the horse paul rudd's been making his um you know appearances a lot lately in these movies he's also in the chippendale's rescue ranger movie as himself in there and uh it's just hilarious um who else was in here um Oh, shout out to a shout out to Michelle Ruff. Um, do you recognize that name? Or if you don't, but you recognize the character that she plays, she um plays on Bleach. 
uh, the anime series, and she was a guest on um, the Bleach panel that I had last year, um, playing uh, Rukia. So she was in here doing an additional voice in here as well. Phil Lamar also was in here doing an additional voice, which is rare to see him just in here for doing a, a, um, different voices. Um, but Aziz Ansari was said to be in here as that character. And I, he, he barely said anything and it didn't sound like him. Like you could easily detect uh, Aziz's voice. Uh, but he played he played Daryl, but they credit him. They do give him credit for playing Daryl in here. He he said one thing, one little small thing, but it didn't really sound like him. But they credited him, so you know I was hoping that he get a better voice because we haven't seen Aziz Ansari since the stand up that he did on Netflix, which is absolutely tremendous. I would highly recommend anybody look at. It. I mean, he's went he's gone through it since that whole controversy situation, which you know we later on figured out. It wasn't all that it was, you know, it was claimed to be. So he, uh, you know, he, he didn't, um, you know, he's trying to get himself back up from the quote unquote cancel culture, if you will, situation. But it would have been great to hear more of a speaking role for him on this movie. But he's definitely his character is in this movie uh, in here. But overall, man, this this movie, if you're a Bob's Burger fan, this gave you everything that you loved about the, almost everything that you loved about this movie and more. I really enjoyed it. They really outdid themselves. Everybody, uh, John Roberts is Linda Belcher. Um, the cast, the original cast, Chris, uh, Christian, uh, um, Shahal, who, uh, plays Louise. And that was a big pivotal role for her in here. Um, just everybody did a great job. The, the fish orders was just as funny as they ever was in here. Um, just, yeah, it's and, and, and I love how really fun and lighthearted the story is and really easy to follow. It was it was not too complex or anything like that. It was just all the fun that you ever expect from this series. It was done here. So well deserved. This is a great movie. If I'm going to give this a grade, I'm giving it an A as a fan of the series. And just the idea that the story was great. Uh, you didn't know where it was going to happen and what was how this was going to turn out. I, I think my only here's my only ne other negative and I, I still stick i'll still stick on giving it a you know grade for it but um my other negative for this would be that the end credit scene was not needed it was let me tell you not th this movie proved that not every movie needs to have an end credit scene and I won't spoil the end credit scene because I need you to go through it with me as much as I went through it with everybody else in the theater. But I would just say it's not everybody needs an end credit scene. Like Marvel does it. Marvel really does it right. Um, and they make it worthwhile for the most part. Now I will say that, that, uh, Dr. Strange second end credit scene that could have been, that could have been done. I mean, I, I get it. It was kooky as hell, but this is up there with that. Um, but to have people, in the theater watching the credits to the very end only to see something that really wasn't worth seeing to me it's it's it it it, it really upsets me to some extent and i think this is one of those type of cases i think they could have saved they could have moved that up to maybe mid credit scene or whatever it's like do two things for me and i mentioned this right after i was at the theater and i posted it on the acmg facebook group do two things for me rather not do it at all or if you're going to do it, can the studios put in a timer 
as to how long these credits are going to roll. So at least we know that it's going to be like five whole minutes for these credits to roll or whatever like that, or to some extent, like, come on people, like something has to change. Um, I will give a shout out to Dennis Glover who posted in our Facebook group, um, a app apparently that actually works. It's called run MP. what is it called? Run MP? Is it? I'm looking this up right now. Hold on. Cause the premise of this is yeah. P uh, run P that's the name of the app. It basically, it tells you when is the best time to go to the bathroom during certain scenes of a movie or also whether the movie has an end credit scene or how long the end credit scene or, or will be, or what it is going to take. Like it really helps out. If you want to know if this if, if a movie is going to have an end credit scene, this is the app that will tell you apparently. So, you know, it's called run P you could go and look it up on, on, um, wherever you get your apps or whatever like that. So that's it. I mean, other than that, the whole movie was solid. It was really solid. I really enjoyed it. Um, as a Bob's burger fan, I felt, I thought it lived up in more because of the up, the upper level of, um, quality that they added to it. The everything, the acting, the, um, the, the, uh, animation, the, and the CGI addition to it, which was, you know, assimilated very well into the movie. I thought it did great. So a solid eight is for me. I, I thought it did, uh, you know, uh, extraordinarily well for it. So, Go out of your way, check it out. If you're going to see Maverick, um, what is that? Top Gun Maverick first, you know, add Bob's Burger to it as well. Two, I'm pretty sure two great movies that are coming out for Memorial Day weekend. Watch one on one day, watch the other, do back to back, whatever you want to do. But go out of your way, check out Bob's Burger's movie. It is really, really great. So folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. Thank you so very, very much. Uh, honestly, I don't know what I'm doing next week in terms of rather reviewing things, talking about things, whatever. Um, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to do, a lot to see. So we're going to hold off, but there will be new episodes next week of both. I got to, you know, figure out which game I'm going to play next week to review because I'm playing a few of them right now and I've played a few of them. So um, maybe it could be another import that I've actually come across. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that as well as it's going to be June. So we got all this E3, supposedly E3 stuff that we were supposed to get. So I don't know what these companies are going to do, but I'm sure we're going to have some news coming up soon. Hopefully one of them is from AEW. So we'll see about that. But if you like this episode and all of our episodes of Talk Time Live, you could go to our official website at TalkTimeLive.com. All con so much content is on there right now. I've built up a lot. We got our audio podcast. We got TV. Well, I'm sorry, TTL exclusive videos in there right now. Um, the Talk Time Live uh, top five wrestling games of all of our time with Boris uh, Roberto Aguilar is officially up in 4K right now. It is in 4K. It took five days for that 4K to process on YouTube, by the way, which is very telling. Uh, I would say that it was, it did not take long for the 4k to go up on, uh, our Facebook group or anything like that. So it is finally up on 4k. You can watch it in 4k. If you have a 4k TV right now, and there will be more coming. I'm learning a lot about this new upping and, and, you know, processing of 4k. Um, maybe the next interview that I do will not be that long because I won't have as much content added on as much as I did here. Um, 
so stay tuned for that but that's up right now i really enjoyed that i love that uh it's one of my favorite produced videos that i've ever done uh, i didn't want to watch it until it got into 4k on um youtube on air so i'm gonna re-watch it myself but go out of here watch it the interview with brian o'halloran that i did from clerks uh is on air rebecca kennedy uh mega Rand, my man who does the you know music for this and it's just ki constantly killing it out there adam tyranny and ben erotis from way forward um my man kyle Abear, the voice of gohan and uh Fat Gum and Ryu from Street Fighter, Captain Eisen, you name it, he's done it. Danielle Kennedy, great friend and actor who's played in so many different shows and, and uh, series and movies. And she's currently working on a pilot for Adult Swim, knock on wood, the date that goes through. Uh, right there, my man uh, Jeffrey Chamber Cruz, the artist for Udon Entertainment and Marvel. Uh, which, by the way, a new something is coming soon and based off of that. So we'll go back to that in a minute. Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Sailor Jupiter, uh, Boruto um, from Boruto from Naruto Next Generation is on air and uh, just so much more. Just so, so much more. We also got our media page on air with all of the content uh, from the Repop Metaverse that I hosted last year. And hopefully we get to do something more this year hopefully i know i'm just i'm covering press for that of, uh, for new york comic-con but you know hopefully we'll get to do more from there um but then also now we got my blog page which i added a new blog entry for those who are transformers fans you definitely want to go into our talktimelive.com blog page and check out the new third party uh item that i've received so courtesy of tf source thank you guys for that so um Go anyway, check it out. And uh, folks, you can not only do that, you can also subscribe and download to all podcast platforms, and especially major podcast platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, you name it, Tumblr, it's all there. So go anyway, check it out. Anything, all things, your favorite fandoms there. So that will do it for me. And uh, like I said before, you know, salute to all of our troops and all of our, you know, true heroes out there that are really defending us all equally. And uh, happy Memorial Day to you all. So on that note, that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Take care and happy AEW Double or Nothing Day. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.